0: Having children is exhausting. Now, I'm not daft. I guess that I would have realised that would be the case when they were babies, and probably toddlers, and even at a push as they were growing up. But no one warned me that this was a perpetual thing, right up until the moment they fly the nest. And in some cases, beyond that. A child can be a handful. Two or more is probably an Olympic event. So wouldn't it be great if we could just leave them to do more for themselves? if only. Hello and welcome to the Study Sessions podcast. I'm Nathan, founder of The Study Buddy and your host. In this, our third season of the podcast, we're chatting with parents, students and teachers to hear how things are going. Specifically, of course, we're interested in the highs and lows, the trials and tribulations in the run-up to exams in 2022. We'll be covering everything from trouble getting going to burning the candle at both ends from students who are overzealous and anxious to those who are underperforming, yet nonchalant. Through these shared, real-world experiences, I hope that you'll take comfort that you're not alone. Perhaps more importantly, I hope that you'll take away some insights and advice that can help you to support your own team so that they'll not just survive the exams, but thrive in the preparation. So, if you're a parent, a carer or a teacher, be sure to subscribe. This week... I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Julia. Julia is the mum to six children. Yes, you absolutely heard that right. Six. And what a wealth of experience that is to share. Currently, Julia's child, number five, is taking his GCSEs. Julia, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast. Thank you for finding the time. I promise that I'm not going to dwell. Well, at least I am. I promise I'm going to try hard not to dwell. (laughs) Six children. I mean, I've got two, and I find that exhausting enough. So how on earth do you cope?
1: I think you learn to live with the exhaustion, actually. That's all I can put it down to. When they were little, it was a physical exhaustion from running around after them all the time. And as they've got older, it's the kind of the mental load, I think, takes over a little bit more. But um Yeah you just get used
0: to it. I I, I genuinely can't imagine because we used to have this thing myself and my wife I think at least with two if they run off in different directions you can you can chase after them. Does it come a point where you've just got to pick your (laughs) favourite? You kind of
1: yeah you have to pick paths of least resistance I think depending on depending on the day. I remember when they were all younger and I was like doing tea and stuff and occasionally one of them would just start like giggling or something like that and then they would all just pile on and I felt just incredibly outnumbered because obviously there was nothing I could do there was kind of me <laughs> against the crowd <laughs> um, yeah but these days it doesn't feel so much like the sort of me against the pack but um, yeah whenever there are issues possibly resistance <laughs>
0: I think pack, pack does sound like the right word. We definitely would have had, would have stopped having milk delivered by this point easily. <laughs> and let's talk also about the, the spread of rangers because they're not young, are they? So you've got some who are, um, who've been to exams and, and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, that's right. So my oldest is 24. So she's done all the exams, done the uni, out the other side, saw her career sort of trashed when... The pandemic hit because she was just building her career in stage management, but she's built it back up again. So she's off on a tour at the minute. And my youngest is 12. So has got all those delights ahead of him. (laughs) Last year, we had one doing A-levels and this year I've got one doing GCSEs. So yeah, all fun and games.
0: So last year must've been quite tough then because they would have had their, they would have set their exams for GCSEs, but then of course, the a level exams wouldn't have wouldn't have taken place so how did they find that experience it was
1: pretty hideous it was stressful for her because the government was saying it's all going to be teacher assessment teacher assessment teacher assessment and then very few weeks before the a level part was actually going to take place they explained what teacher assessment meant and teacher assessment actually meant that they have to have sufficient work that they could be confident was carried out by the students. So it actually meant taking assessments in school. And my girl's school decided to run those assessments just as they would run normal A-level exams. So they were in the hall, they had an external invigilator, they didn't have any number of papers decreased from the papers they would normally sit. And I talked to mums afterwards who had children in different schools and their schools approached it very differently. Mm. So there was a level of inequality going on shall I say yeah. and I've read a lot of newspaper reports afterwards about what some schools did and some schools didn't regarding those A-levels but at the time it was hugely stressful and my daughter said that when they did an assembly about what was actually going to happen because there were so few weeks to go before the exams like the the sixth formers that were affected almost mobbed their head teacher and the deputy head because they presumed that they weren't actually going to be doing any tests and all of a sudden they were actually doing them after all.
0: Mm it's as you say sort of that inconsistency doesn't help either does it but being in that position where i think many people had assumed well it will be less stressful for the students because they won't have an end-of-year exam but in actual fact what we heard from you and also from other students is that she just felt like every week was a new level of stress because there might be something new that was was likely to be assessed
1: yeah and they did have end of year exams after all mm. if you talk to the general public i would think who maybe didn't have children going through it they would believe it was all based on teacher assessment and actually it wasn't it was based on exams <laughs>
0: yeah but teacher assessment there had to be evidence yeah just in absolutely. case and i think And you could see why the exam boards would want that or the government or Ofqual would want that to to try to get some semblance of order amongst teachers. But I think I'd sooner try to herd cats. It just seemed like a real, real impossible task.
1: Absolutely. And for the teachers too. You know, I felt awful for them suddenly being dumped into this position of knowing their students really well, knowing what grades some of their students had to get in order to get the offers they'd had from unis and colleges and actually in a position of of assessing them that that's horrible
0: isn't it yeah absolutely i mean they've got that relationship as well certainly in sick forms it tends to be smaller so actually knowing the face and and sort of knowing what weight and what impact your decision will have on their future must be tough definitely yeah absolutely so how was your daughter doing sitting her a-level years in terms of her preparation was she the kind of student who would carry on preparing carry on revising and studying or was she more the kind of student thinks Hurrah, I've just got a really long summer holiday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was preparing all the time because they were doing it in class. They were still doing classes right up till the time that they did the tests anyway. So the school hadn't sort of let them off the hook at all. Hmm. So yeah, she was working hard, which is good news as it turns out, because if she had just decided it was a long summer holiday and she didn't have to do anything, then it would have been an, even more of a nightmare than it already was.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think a, n- a number of people... Sort of became unstuck at that point, as you say, with with tests and they weren't necessarily sprung on the students by the school, but but certainly, as you say, students I think had got to that that sort of level of expectation that this was being done in their interests, and so actually the pressure of a mock or um, other kind of um, timed assessment just wouldn't be there for them.
1: Yeah, and I think the timing was really difficult as well. Certainly for my daughter when we went into that lockdown that started in the January of last year her school hadn't by then run mocks so she hadn't had any timed assessment really of anything that was a level standard and I know I'm sure that a lot of other schools had that same problem some will have run them before Christmas and been a little bit lucky but those that didn't you know then the students really did have to try and, and up their game without necessarily that support that they normally have.
0: Yeah, And for A-levels, I think that is especially tough because we hear quite a lot from parents and students who've done their GCSEs and then gone on to their A-levels that actually that it's not so much a step up from your GCSE to your A-level as, a, as it is an, an entire gulf dividing the amount of work that you need to put in. And of course, last year's A-level students would have had an interrupted first year of their A-level studies as well. So you can see that, I mean, sort of really amplifying that the amount of work that they would have had to put on their own shoulders.
1: Yeah, it was, it was huge. It really was. And my daughter was doing maths, further maths and art textiles. So she had sort of some stuff that she had to learn and then a lot of practical based stuff in terms of the art textiles that she couldn't go into school to actually do. So that was a uh, a challenge in itself but yes absolutely they had to suddenly step up and be very very independent in their working in their learning working how to work things out on their own she said in math you know normally they would have to teach there and they could just like talk to them you know they'd be standing there but over zoom it wasn't the same you didn't get that same level of interaction at all. And she's lucky, I guess, because she is largely self-motivated, but she did find that really difficult. But, you know, of course, a lot of students just don't operate like that, do they? And they need different forms of learning that weren't necessarily provided by online. So, yeah, huge challenge
0: yeah absolutely and I think that's that's true of teens and adults alike <laughs> you yeah. can see that with productivity and, and working from home and zoom course it's just not the same it's so easy to get distracted but also not read body language and yes. understand so certainly from a teacher's perspective if a student might be struggling they can pick up on those clues and cues in the classroom that's just not possible in the same way over zoom
1: yeah, absolutely. And just things like being able to go and knock on the staff room door at lunchtime and ask a question about your homework and things like that, when things have to be very sort of predefined because you've got to have a timetable for the children that are still teaching live in school and you've got to have a timetable for those you're teaching on Zoom. You know, you just don't necessarily have the time to have those drop-in sessions the same way.
0: So then rewinding a little bit, how was your daughter with her GCSEs? Because of course, she would have been the last year to have sat GCSEs. Presumably that was about what was that, 2019, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was the last year to do those without having the COVID effect. Um, she was, she was okay. She worked hard. Maybe not as hard as I would have done, but she worked pretty hard. <laughs> And she did. I'm just saying that because I just went when I was that age, I went all in on my O levels as they were then. Um, So much so that my parents got really worried because I was working so hard. And then I kind of decreased after that, which actually I think is the wrong way around. So I'm kind of saying that a little bit tongue in cheek. No, she worked really hard and she did well in her GCSEs, which, you know, I was really pleased with, obviously. So I guess she'd had like she had that foundation she had a good start for all the chaos that was to come in the A level years. And so what about
0: the older um, if my maths is serving me the older three children then who would have already been through um, GCSEs um, and maths did they have a similar study pattern have any of them followed you in the overzealous category?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think my oldest daughter probably did I guess no surprises there urban myth or whatever it is I think in very many cases the oldest tends to maybe try and and aim for the stars shall we say more than maybe the next ones down do huge generalization but yes she worked incredibly hard for her GCSEs and the others because of that I think the others all followed her example to a degree which has been really helpful from my perspective (laughs) because I obviously can't breathe down the necks of like the child or the children who are doing exams this year because I've got all the other stuff going on with the other children so it has really helped i guess having her as as the role model and she was different because her school a local grammar school that's actually highly competitive to get into she was lucky to get in they did their GCSEs at that time a year early so she was 15 when she did hers so she then had 3 years to do her A levels which i wouldn't necessarily recommend because i think it did encourage them all then to slow down a little bit for their A level studies but yeah, she certainly put in the hours.
0: This is an odd choice. Don't hear that very much about taking. Or certainly, not taking all of the GCSEs. It's not. It may not be uncommon for some schools to take one set early. And certainly, I think in, yes, in yes. old league table calculations, I think schools were yes. quite often happy to to maybe sit an English language early, and then they could always reset it. I don't think that happens so much anymore. Yeah. But taking an entire cohort and doing all of your GCSEs is, um, as you say, it seems. You wonder whether or not they're ready.
1: Yeah, it was standard practice at that school. And because they took high attainers, you know, they had an entrance exam and stuff, they could do it. Hmm. In fact, my child number three went to the same school. So he followed the same system. But I think the year after him was when they stopped it. Because when they got to university level, you know, the unis, some unis were saying, you know, the, the unis at the top of the scale, or so they would like to think anyway, you know, were rightly saying, well, you've had three years to do your A-level, so what have you done, apart from maybe being able to do four subjects, which obviously a lot of them did, you know, what else have you done? And they did do extended studies and projects and all sorts of things to fill in, but, you know, there's, so there's a different kind of pressure there to show what they'd actually been doing for those three years. And so
0: now winding forward, child number five (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, is is taking GCSEs this year with an interrupted last year obviously what's their their work ethic like they do they sort of follow a similar pattern they keen enthusiastic or have they struggled a little bit more given last year
1: yeah it's a boy this time and he is he seems to be keen and enthusiastic when he wants to be um, he gets good grades in his reports, which is great. but whenever I go up to his bedroom, no, sometimes he's doing homework and sometimes he's studying, but he also spends an awful lot of time playing computer games. so he seems to be at the moment he seems to have got the balance right, but I am going to be keeping a watchful eye just to make sure <laughs> without I'm trying to get the balance right because I obviously again, i you know I can't breathe down his neck, although I've got more time to now because. You know, I've only got the younger two in school, but I believe that you can kind of push it too far the other way if you actually start being the parent that's nagging them all the time to do revision, especially because I haven't been up till this point. If I suddenly turn into this dragon that's saying, you know, where's your revision timetable? You're going to do this, this and this every day. That's totally not how it's been. And he's done fine up till now. So for me and for him, I don't think there's going to be much point of me you know suddenly
0: trying to change tack. It's really interesting that actually because the older children certainly have had so much self-direction because as you say you've had your hands full which I still can't get over. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you do wonder actually whether being positioned to sort of have to take more control has actually meant that, that that is exactly what they've they've done because goals have been set, motivation is there and so they need to get on with it.
1: Well, to be honest, I wonder that as well, because I can't believe that, because they are all very different characters. You know, you like to think that you bring all your children up the same, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, but they're all very different characters. They're all doing, you know, A-level and career-wise, they're all doing very different things. So I can't believe that they were all naturally just gifted with this sort of self-motivation gene or whatever it was. I find it quite hard to believe. So I think there might be something in that, you know, allowing them the independents to make those choices when they're at primary school level obviously I did say have you done your homework sort of thing on a on a regular basis and with the oldest one or two maybe I sat down and and made sure that they were doing their boring old comprehension sheet yet again and tried to <laughs> tried to get them <laughs> out the other side and we had to do reading on a regular basis and maybe that set the tone I don't know but by the time it got to secondary school you know they are encouraged to be working independently aren't they and I still have to sign the reading record for my youngest one and the school gives you the, the reports and stuff. So, you know, whether they're on the right track or not, but apart from that, you know, really it's been down to them to check when their homework is due and what homework they've got and live with the consequences if they haven't done it. But for the most part, they do seem to do it. And they do seem to be doing okay. Mm. When it's been, when it's been a big project, then I've got involved, you know, if they've suddenly got to make a castle or build a volcano or do a study on something or other obviously I've you know been helping them and talking about what materials we can get and and the resources and just helping to make sure that they are actually getting to the end point Mm. but apart from that they have been self-driven.
0: From what you're talking about I mean everything sounds I think broadly similar to the situation that the vast majority of parents would have come across we helped we made sure they did the homework we read to them any 3D pirate pop-up ships that needed to be created, I was there with Scissors and yes. So we, I think <laughs> all of us could relate to doing the same thing. But I do wonder whether, because we had more time, actually, well, for the majority of us, more time, I guess, that, that actually there is that much more focus and sort of sitting down to do it. And so there's no self-sufficiency. They don't actually need to, because actually, even if they don't do it first time, we'll nudge and push for a second or a third or a, a fourth.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't done that. I haven't done that with any of them. And similarly, I haven't bribed them with money for whatever grades they get either, which I know happens (laughs) in some of their friends' households, and they tell me about it (laughs) very strongly with hints. Mm. But, um, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, maybe there is that self-sufficiency. And to be honest, you know, the two that have gone through uni and the one that's at uni now, you know, it's probably given them a good grounding because they're all doing pretty well in their studies or have done well in their studies at uni as well so hmm. maybe there is something in it
0: well that wouldn't seem fair to suggest though that you're you've sort of taken a, a complete back seat in in what's happening no. with them because you mentioned that your son going through the GCSEs now he's not doing I got the feeling he wasn't necessarily doing as much as maybe you would like him to do or maybe thinks that he ought to do and you're grappling with how much you should interfere or not
1: Yeah, and we actually had a live, it wasn't a parents' evening, but a live evening where they were going in to talk about which A-level subjects they might want to do. So I got to speak to some of his teachers then. And honestly, they're so bowled away by the amount of work that he's been doing. Most of them, there is one subject that is an exception, but most of them are that, you know, it makes me think, well, what actually am I worrying about? He's actually, he's guided his own learning through the obstacles of lockdown. And he's still kept at it. And his grades that he's getting now show that. So why wouldn't I then trust him to carry on doing the same through his GCSEs? It just seems mad, doesn't it, that that I wouldn't?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why would you interrupt a winning formula? Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and as his geography teacher basically said to me, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because he, he said he was going to he was going to you know, give all these sort of revision guides and, and guidelines to him. But he said, you know, he's obviously doing well as he is. So why would we try and sort of distract him with a new way of working, which ultimately is what it would end up being? Maybe I'm just a little jealous that he can sit there <laughs> and play his video games and have a great time and still get these great grades. Whereas when I did my own levels, I felt like unless I spent all that time working, I just wasn't going to get there. That's probably what it is.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm i think it's fair to sound more than a little jealous. <laughs> and how much of this though is complacency? Because obviously I don't, I don't know your son. So is it that he's just coasting that there's memory and he's he's doing right is he actually driven to do well does he does he have an ambition beyond school
1: yeah he wants to do well he like his older brother is in his third year um, doing computer science at uni at the minute and my lad who's about to do gcscs definitely wants to follow suit so he's got you know, and the courses need pretty good grades at A-level, so he knows he's got to knuckle down and get those grades if he wants to get there. So he's certainly driven in that subject and related subjects. And all the other subjects, apart from one, where he says he's just bored out of his mind, so he doesn't try as hard, then um, he's doing really well with.
0: Obviously, we're not going to mention the school or the teachers, but I need to know what the subject is. <laughs> okay. It's English language. <laughs> Okay, how does he get on with English literature? He's all
1: right. I mean, he's not going to set the world alight. He's all right. English language he just finds very, very boring. And it's really funny because for years he and his younger brother have gone to this YouTube academy where they they were already making videos years ago, and they each had their own YouTube account years ago, which some will agree with and some won't. But it was their thing. Love making videos and stuff. So they went to this YouTube academy, and they were going. I think they've been for about three years, three, four years by the time he decided to stop going in September last year. But I said to him, you know, English language, it's so powerful. Like you would use it when you were, you know, storyboarding for videos and things like that and actually telling your stories on video. And if you can't Mm -hmm. tell a good story written down, then how are you going to be able to tell a a good story when you're on video? And I was trying to sort of put it in those terms, but it didn't work.
0: (laughs) No it's incredible isn't it because as you say english language as a subject that that's like obviously is written because exams and and they're all written but but the creation of the script the even if it's just in your head thinking through that this is where my YouTube video is going to start, yeah. here's the middle, here's the end and tune in next week. I mean, this is all about communication and conveying ideas. Yeah. So you'd think that actually that would be the kind of thing that he'd really um, get excited about.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought as well. And he's using English language in all his other subjects, obviously, to be able to write mm, his course. history essays and his geography essays and, and everything else. And he's flying in those areas, <laughs> but just looking at the language on its own. He just like hasn't got the interest. So, yeah, I will be nudging him a little bit there
0: so I'm really interested to find out what form that nudging might take what are the kinds of things you're thinking you might be able to do to um to persuade him round it?
1: well the first thing we thought of was actually seeing if there were resources online because obviously he loves being online that were maybe more engaging than what was being done at school in terms of you know the way he likes to work or the way that he likes to take information on board so he's at the moment kind of researching what there is available online paid or or for free hmm. so I think we're gonna we're gonna take that tack and look at that
0: and so how did you go about getting to this point where he thought that what he needed to do was get online to to find something that was more engaging
1: that was a a bit of a discussion after his most recent set of mocks results
0: okay <laughs> so there was a there was a catalyst there was a spur his grade yeah. may not have been what he was after or what you were after for him
1: his grade wasn't up there with the other subjects that he was doing so it was an anomaly okay
0: and so you had a chat and then he's gone off to, to do the research yeah so again we come back to that self-sufficiency piece that actually the temptation for those of us with fewer mouths to feed, <laughs> I'm never getting any would be look, I'll let me go and have a look and I'll see what I can find and then we'll come we'll sort of come back and I'll I'll show you what I've got. But very firmly putting this decision back in his hands about well, it's an anomaly. There's something you could do about it, find out how to do about it. And how has he um how has he sort of embraced that opportunity? Yeah, he's good.
1: He's good. He loves going and researching things online. Like he's built his own computer components. So he had to go and research which components were going to work best together. And then it didn't work. And so he had to research, you know, why it wasn't working and sent some back and got some others in and stuff like that. You know, I mean, he's really good at finding stuff, finding solutions, sorting things out, as I I guess you would expect from someone who's potentially going to go off and do computer science. So yeah, he's very happy doing that. He's very happy Online, he's very happy doing things like working in, you know, he set up his own Discord server um, for his YouTube channel. He helps other people out with their Discord servers, uses things like OBS software, which I had to look at about four years ago, being heavily guided by someone and kind of struggled with. And and I mentioned it to him. He said, oh, yeah, I've been using that for live streaming and stuff. Oh, yeah, I've been using that. That's a doddle. It's kind of like, okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) So he's completely OK with it. So why not play to his strengths? And as you say, it's. I believe that if they go out and find a solution, then they're much more likely to stick with it, aren't they, than one that I say to him, well, look, I found this amazing resource. I've paid for it. Therefore, you've got to mm. use it. I'm um, setting, I think, both of us up to fail if I mm. do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so once he's found them, what's his stickability like? Is, he, is it something then he's likely to see through? Or could this be flashing a band because if he doesn't like it, he really doesn't like it?
1: I think he'll see it through because he realises that he needs to get A set of results that enables him to carry on and do the subjects that he wants to do next year, which are all science based. Mm. So he's got to get, you know, a certain level of results in all his grades. And he'll do as much in the English as he needs to to get to that level. That's fine by me. I'm not after having a son who's going to get all grade nines because I've pushed him to get to all grade nines and he's a worn out frazzle at the end of it. That, you know, and I would be also, that isn't what my life or his life is about he can take the responsibility and if he decides he's only going only going to aim for a certain level in his English language and he's happy with that then at the end of the day that's his responsibility he's almost 16 you know he can think these things through so does that make me sound like a really bad mother?
0: No not at all I think you're <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm beginning to think maybe Ella, I, I could um an, an effigy to you <laughs> I, I think because there is so much I mean that actually there's there are aspects in there i think that so many of us and the people listening will go yeah absolutely that, that they are like that and actually there's a cycle within us that that we need to break in order to to get our children to be more self-sufficient to stand on their own two feet and or find their own way forward but it's really difficult i think for some of us myself included to sort of cut those apron strings and let them sort of take responsibility for their own decisions. There, there comes a point when he must do for for me and my eldest that was at his a levels when so i said right okay now gcc's all too much now it's up to you because there are any number of paths that you could have taken at this point between apprenticeships and t levels and a levels and college if you this is what you want you need to work for it because i can't keep holding your hand forever so that was that point for us and i guess it's just a that difference about where it where it comes in their life maybe if they'd been Three hundred percent more of them. <laughs> that would have come a little yes. earlier for us. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, but I also think the self-learning and stuff that they had to do at home has played a part for sure. Because I couldn't. I was working at the same time as so many of us work. I couldn't be running up and downstairs to make sure that he was in his lessons all the time mm-hmm. and he was doing what he should be doing and then it turns out transpired afterwards that actually he had his discord server set up during some of the lessons and because one of his teachers said afterwards, "Oh, it's such a shame that they couldn't have that social sort of chit chat that they normally have in lessons when we're working online I said do you really think they didn't have it I said they're all chatting on discord Mm. (laughs) when they were all in your online lessons and this poor teacher hadn't had a clue but yeah so I think that that has helped maybe kind of forge that that independence and that trust Mm. even more
0: so thinking forward then um to the exams as they come up in summer how's he feeling about those is he anxious is he fairly carefree
1: i think he's i wouldn't say he's necessarily anxious but he's not carefree either he's probably in the middle he was not happy to learn about the extra assessments they have got to do in march
0: so your school have got presumably another round of mocks just in case well they all schools have been advised that they need to do more assessments exactly so when when the government announced at the end of last year that exams would definitely be taking place but just in case we'll have a plan b and the advice was three rounds of assessment that they would have and i think at that point i they were looking ideally that they would have been one in the end of the winter term one or two this term maybe one at the beginning of summer um i'm not sure how many schools have done that i think that again um to your point earlier about consistency i think that that varies in terms of what's actually able to be done because of course these mock exams take up a huge amount of time and resource within schools and typically teachings not happen during that week or two weeks that that these mocks are happening exactly so he's not he's not over amused at the march
1: no i mean his school has only recently come out and told them that this is going to happen i think I got the feeling that they'd had another communication from up on high, laying out more details of it, because certainly talking to a couple of mum friends, i got, you know, their children in the same position had only just been told about the assessments in their schools Mm. as well. Um, So he did mocks at the beginning of this term. So after Christmas, he did his mocks and now he's going to be sitting another set in March, which he wasn't that overjoyed by. But personally, you know, for him, I think it's probably quite good because it's going to keep him sort of ticking over and keep that that idea of revising just a sort of steady drip drip mm-hmm. going in his head um and you know personally i don't think we're going to need them but it's good to be planned and to have that to fall back on unlike last year with the a-levels like anything that avoids that debacle happening again basically to my mind is is good so yeah he's going to be gearing up for another set of mocks happening soon
0: hmm and how does he is there any rivalry even being oh is a bit strong I'm sure sort of friendly banter between the having to sit exams as he does this year and not sitting her A-levels as your daughter did last year does that come up at all well she still did
1: they were A-levels to her they were sat in the hall they were externally invigilated so to all intents and purposes for her physically it was the same thing as having to do A-levels so yeah no not really she's just supportive of him having to go through years of upheaval just like she did
0: it is it is really tricky I think it's I mean it's tricky across the board especially when you've got yeah comparators to what it might have been like and then you imagine well actually if I was in your position and sat or didn't sit then actually for me it would have been better or worse there's always some sort of mystical halo that sort of surrounds the option that you didn't get to do (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and and the really annoying thing was yeah as i said reading articles about what private schools had done to inflate results for example and how they weren't necessarily checks and measures put in place at the time but that's a discussion for another time
0: yeah i, I think on that like, from what we've from what we've found actually that's wildly um inflated news in the media which seems increasingly more in um interested in the clickbait style headline than necessarily looking Very for true, yeah. deep trends and i think that's that's one of the really unfortunate things as well isn't it that you that you have this layer, I guess, that's put on them about whether or not the marking's easier or less easy and um, whether there's grade inflation, all of these kinds of things don't help. And if we actually genuinely are worried about the the students and what it is that they're getting up to, then actually those aren't healthy conversations to be having.
1: No, they aren't. And yeah, because the students are going to read those, obviously, or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna hear them in some way, shape or form. And yes, they'll be looking back and thinking how it all could have been different if the system had been different mm. for them at that time, which in a normal year you just wouldn't have would you you'd have the, the usual rumblings about grade boundaries and all that sort of stuff that gets argued of about course. every year but that would be it really so
0: yeah tricky one so child number six finally yes they're 12 years old at the moment so you're going to have a reasonable amount of time without sort of the schooling concerns in whatever form they have for the um for your youngest Do you see yourself playing inadvertently or by design a slightly different role with them than you have with the other? Or are you going to stick with this winning formula?
1: (laughs) Well, I hope not to suddenly turn into Dragon Mother because I really don't think it's going to help him either. (laughs) So at the moment, I tend to just ask, have you done your homework or have you got any homework? And like, that's it. And if he's forgotten to check, then he'll go and check and he'll end up doing it. And very occasionally stuff slips through the net. But that's partly because, you know, sometimes the teachers go in and set it after they've already checked or whatever but um again he seems to be doing all right at the moment he did all right when he was learning at home because he just started secondary school so he's had a term in year seven when that second big lockdown started so he managed to self-navigate through that term okay so again I'm getting you know I've got a fair amount of trust in him to be able to drive himself forward but we shall see maybe he will be the exception to the rule and he'll need some more support but at the moment it's not looking
0: like that We'll have to chat again in three or four years' time and, and find <laughs> yes. out exactly... You find um, me
1: tearing my hair out because he's gone completely wayward and doing something
0: completely different, yeah. <laughs> in the nicest possible way, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> 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 uh, I might actually be quite relieved.
1: <laughs> well, to be honest, the oldest two, both girls, have been, like, hugely creative. Um, well, and my, my daughter, who did art textiles as well. But he is also very creative and I can see him maybe taking a slightly different journey through some of this stuff because of that he's got the academic side for sure but maybe he'll go a different route again we shall see
0: exciting isn't it to find out what happens it
1: is it is absolutely and it's amazing the things oh it's just brilliant like some of the stuff they can actually do now that wasn't open to us at the time you kind of think oh you know what if I have my time again (laughs) I'd be doing this this and this Oh, like what? Well, like for example, my second daughter did a degree in photography. Just like how awesome!
0: Oh, I see. So you, you would do it again? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, degrees that never existed when we were going through them and that kind of thing. Just yeah. amazing. And it does. I think that is exciting because it does feel like there's a world of opportunity out there yes. for them if they just sort of if they can just get it, get enthusiastic behind it, and then um, grasp it.
1: Well, I think they also see you know there is a very different world out there and it's one that they can have much more control over um because they can it's a lot more transparent i think the way people work and you've got roles like creators now which weren't necessarily around before but also you know my lads who are out there creating videos they're out there on youtube they can they can talk to some, you know the big youtubers and see what they're doing they can see that actually there are roles out there that they can actually go out and almost create all themselves if that's what they really want to do and that's certainly nothing that was there in the ether when i was growing up at all so yeah pretty cool
0: Oh, that was amazing. I, forget Iron Man or Wonder Woman, I think I might have found us a new superhero. I actually genuinely can't imagine what it would be like to raise six children. And if I'm really honest, and I do tend to be, I actually don't think I even want to imagine it. Don't you think it's really interesting how Julia became so concerned that she might sound like an awful parent, when in actual fact, I'm sure a serious number of us were wondering if we could bottle whatever it is that she's got. Her children are seemingly well-adjusted and hard-working, and there are six of them! I thought I had my work cut out, and there are only two. But maybe that's the point. I mean, I thought it was a job that I had to do, rather than encouraging my kids to take more on for themselves. Now, I know that many of us will be thinking, if I left my little angel to their own devices, then they wouldn't get off their phone or playstation or similar, and that's definitely what I would have thought with my eldest. But I wonder if that's because actually I couldn't let go. Uh, I was regularly, if not constantly, on his case, pulling apart the myriad of excuses that he would throw in my way. I keep coming back to thinking about the level of autonomy and self-sufficiency that Julia's children show. It's not that they're imbued with magical powers. So is it then that Julia simply didn't have the time to chase and cajole in the way that we might if we have fewer homeworks that we have to worry about? This isn't sink or swim, because it's based on a very clear understanding of what needs to be done and why. And certainly that came across when Julia was talking. And I think then that we can see that this is starting to translate into a whole self-starting nature that Julia's children seem to have. Many of our own kids will have talked about starting a YouTube channel or becoming an influencer or similar. But it takes something special. It takes a lot more energy to actually get on and do it. And that's something typically that parents don't get invested in. I used to think that having just two children would give them the benefit of me being able to focus all of my attention on them. But perhaps this isn't the blessing that I thought it was in the long run. What if I've actually started to create a dependency? Now, if that feels like something that might ring true for you too, I wonder just how prepared are you am I to start handing over the reins? Not sure just yet. My thanks to Julia for finding the time to chat with me and to you for listening. If you'd like to be on a future episode and share how things are going, or perhaps just talk about something that's playing on your mind, please do drop me an email. The address is hello at thestudybuddy.com. And if you're looking for ways that you can support your own young children to fulfil their own potential in revision, and perhaps under their own steam, then why not head over to the Study Buddy website. There you'll find a whole host of information about our innovative time management and study organising approach. And you'll also find a blog that's packed full of useful articles, hints, and tips. To find out more, make a beeline for thestudybuddy.com. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, I wonder if you'd mind leaving us a review and if it's not too cheeky to ask a five-star rating. It all really helps us to reach other parents who, just like the rest of us, are looking for ways to make some sense of it all in the run-up to exams. Of course, please don't forget to share the link to this and other episodes on your social media weapon of choice. It's all greatly appreciated. There'll be another episode next week, so please don't forget to subscribe and follow the Study Sessions podcast.